What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Unrelated Brothers Podcast. My name is Josh, and with me, as always, is Devon, as we bring you a Super Bowl edition of this. And we are excited because it is going to be the biggest game of the year. And actually, it's pretty much the biggest game of the sports, almost. I mean, my opinion. You, uh, Devon? I, I definitely yeah. agree with that. I think, uh, I think that football is... Let's put it this way. Football is such a big deal that just the other day I seen on uh, on, you know, one of the late night sitcoms or something where uh, they were talking and the guy goes, I'm such a psychopath about football. He says, I record a one o'clock game, a 430 game and the Sunday night game. And then I watch the Monday night game. And he says, I watch other one o'clock games. So he literally watches a game Sunday, Monday. Then he says he watches another one of the one o'clock games on Tuesday. And then he watches another, the uh, 4.30 game on Wednesday, then watches the Thursday night game, then on Friday watches the Sunday night game, and then that way on Saturday he has college football and then does the same thing again, which to me is madness because I don't know how you wouldn't know this, the, you know, the scores and everything else. But, it's hey, that's dedication. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't think I can. I can't watch replay games because a lot of times I've got my phone or, you know, I play fantasy football religiously. So I know the scores. And if I already know the scores, I'm like, I, I don't even want to watch the game. Like not yeah. even my own home team, the Bears. I mean, no, like- I absolutely agree with you. I absolutely agree. Um, speaking of actually, just because you said something, I want to touch on it. Uh, so and we'll mention this uh, as it gets closer and stuff. But um, we are going to be doing a special um fantasy football league so to speak with uh our listeners and we'll probably do about four or five leagues potentially it's just going to depend on how things um you know play out and 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 how organized everything is able to be but we're you know we're excited to look forward to doing doing some of that stuff and um you know seeing who can who can get the wins yeah i'm excited uh i'm in multiple leagues so adding another one will be just as fine we'll definitely have to figure out a way to uh i don't know, like get people into the league maybe i don't know kind of drawing something i don't know we'll have, we'll have to figure that out when it gets closer to time but yeah so let's uh we can cover brady's retirement today we need to go over that because that's such a huge – now that it's official, like 100% official, we can cover that. Um, and then the, definitely the Hall of Fame class as it was chosen last weekend. And one of my guys got stubbed. That's okay. Uh, yeah, don't uh, special guest today, don't we? Yeah, yeah. So we have Kyle. Uh, Kyle will be joining us uh, here in just a moment. And um, we're also going to obviously tackle the Super Bowl as it is the, you know, the Super Bowl show. Uh, and um, we're going to also do some end of the year awards. And if we have some time left over, we might touch on uh, kind of the coaching stuff as it's um, panned out. And um, and as far as Brady's retirement, I mean, we could have a Brett Favre scenario. So, yeah, you know, ah. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think I think people will close that book. Uh, I hate to say it, but I, I don't know if people are going to close that book until not only is training camp done, but into the season. You know what I mean? If, what if somebody gets hurt or something? You know, somebody's going to be like, hey, Brady, yeah. our teams, you know, our team could make a run, you know, so it's just I don't know. One of those things I gotta, I gotta keep a, you know, one little, one little eye open, <laughs> keeping an eye on it, but uh, definitely going to tackle it today. So, yeah. um, but uh, we'll go ahead and uh, get Kyle in here now and take off. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming. Um, so, 
to just give everybody a quick rundown. Um, you know, Kyle, uh, Kyle listens to the show, likes the show, I've known him for, you know, a long time, obviously. And, um, just kind of same spiel as for the other guys, you know, we're more, more than happy to get some, some guys on different opinions, guys and girls. And, um, it just kind of makes it more fun for us, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, sometimes it's nice to get a differing opinion on something. So, uh, but, uh, Let's go ahead and tackle the Super Bowl. Uh, do we want to start with Bengals or Rams first, guys? Mm-hmm. Let's go. With I would Bengals. say probably yeah, Bengals. Okay, for sure. Um, who wants to go first? You Josh, go right go ahead. ahead. You, hey, you guys are the the Cincinnati area, or not area? I should say state. Yeah, yeah so. for sure. Easy enough. Um, so how the Bengals would win this game is, is that's going to be the format. We're going to do how Bengals would win and how the Rams would win. Um, so for me, uh, it's pretty simple. The Bengals win by good quarterback play, uh, good offensive line play. I'm not looking for anything spectacular. We don't need anything all pro, just good enough basically to not get Burrow killed. Um, Got to be better in these past three weeks. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so actually speaking on that against the Chiefs, they were actually good. They only allowed, I think, like one or two sacks. So compared to the nine the before and I think like three or four against the Raiders, I mean, two is definitely survivable, especially against Aaron Donald and those boys. So um, that and for me, kind of the hidden gem, actually, because I think the passing game is going to work well, um, this is the running game. I think they need to stick yes. with it, not, not just – touch on it they need to stick with it Mixon needs to have at least 20 carries in the game in my opinion for them to win it's the last game of the year we don't need to save our energy we don't need to rest our bodies you take as many carries as you need do whatever you need and um i think that's kind of the big thing on offense uh defensively i would like to see them do what they've basically been doing get after the quarterback from the d-line and um secondary to just be consistent be consistent don't be the greatest don't be the worst just consistency be out there cause problems um don't don't give up uh the easy stuff so that's kind of my two cents uh anything you wanted to add to that kyle well i mean you know speaking on joe mixon uh you know closing the game was you know done by joe mixon running running the football uh, at the end of the chiefs game so i think you, you hit the nail on, on Joe Mixon because I think if he can get going and he can get over 100 yards, that, that's going to help out Burrow a lot with obviously being protected and, you know, being able to, you know, make the right decision and not have Aaron Donald running down his – running right to him, you know. So and, – and same for the defense. I think, you know, Eli Apple's maybe the one – biggest question I would say he's he's been inconsistent throughout the playoffs so if he can you know not not mess it up too much I think they're looking pretty good yeah yeah I mean like I said I, I agree with that because to me the secondary is more about consistency like I think I think their safeties are probably top five right now like with their current play at the very least um so their corners are really kind of like the more iffy things. So I, like I said, I definitely agree on that. And um, not only 
for the closing out the game, but I, um, I know that a lot of the better coaches uh, will say, you know, one of the best ways to, you know, beat on a pass rush and slow a pass rush down aside from having great offensive linemen is having a great running game. I mean, if those guys are getting leaned on all game and beat on all game and taking hits from the running back and from the lineman, rather than just being able to go in attack mode all the time, uh, it'll definitely wear them down faster. So um, like I said, totally agree on both those points. Um, did you have anything you wanted to add uh, to the Bengals side of things, Josh? Yeah, so I kind of piggybacking off of what Kyle said. I think Mixon's going to have to have a huge game because I think he's going to have to be there for the dump-off passes. That's if the Bengals, you know, can't control their offensive line better. Um, you know, when Aaron Donald's breathing down your neck, you got to get rid of it somehow and quickly. So I think Mixon's going to have a lot of dump-offs. I think P. Ryan's going to get involved. I they might even bring in Chris Evans, the rookie they've got, even to just try to get everybody's fresh legs. Because you know, enter the gear, you got to go, got to go. Um, I don't think I'm not worried about the uh, the wide receivers. I think Chase and Higgins and Boyd. I think they'll be just fine. Um, even with Ramsey, I know he'll be on Chase. I think I think he's going to be good. He's he's a good enough player. I think he can handle Ramsey pretty well. Um, well, I think they, they on the defensive side, I, they got to figure out a way to contain Cooper Cup because. They've been doing it all year. You, you got to stop them. You got to do something. Um, they, they got Acres back. Uh, I think they just got – I don't know if they got Henderson back or not. I want to say I've seen where they got Henderson back maybe. So, there's even more fresh legs at the backfield. They're going to have to stop. So, I think uh, both sides of the ball, they've definitely got their work cut out for them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think um... – I think the interesting thing for because both receivers you mentioned Cooper Cup and for Chase, I think the interesting thing is going to be I think you'll see some formations where Chase might end up in the backfield, and same thing really with Cooper Cup. Like I think you're going to see both these co- coaches are going to get their guys moved around to where the defense has a harder time stopping them. I mean, obviously Cincinnati doesn't have like the premier corner that Jalen Ramsey is, but I definitely feel like they're still going to move uh cup around to get him more involved and, and can keep it moving. Whereas like on the flip side, I think one, I do think all those receivers are really good. So yes. outside of Jalen Ramsey, I think they're going to be problems. And even on Jalen Ramsey, I, I mean, I don't think he's overrated per se. I do think he's probably like top five or definitely top 10, but I think, in the past, he's been like a guy. It's like, oh, you, we don't even go to that side. And right now, I don't feel like he's that guy. That's my opinion. I don't think he's I, the Darrell Revis. Of, no, no, not even close. No. Like, like prime Darrell Revis was was un. I mean, unreal. I I seen the other day where somebody was trying to compare Trayvon Diggs to Darrell Revis, and people were literally like, Darrell Revis literally was like taking Hall of Fame receivers and limiting them to like fifty yards a game and like two catches. Like, yes. Diggs gave up a thousand yards. He just had like 11 interceptions. Nobody cares about that. And I mean, I mean, I'm sorry to say it, but nobody really does. So yeah. I think the thing about Jalen Ramsey is uh, he's been able to play more of a versatile role for the mm-hmm. defense. He, he blitzes off the edge and, you know, he's able to kind of roam the field more than just being a corner. I think that's what sets him apart from a, a lot of other you know, I would never compare him to Darrell Rivas or anybody like that because he's just so much more of a versatile player. And I think that's what makes him dangerous. Yeah. Because I don't think he's going to be able to stop Jamar Chase the whole game. I mean, he may have a quarter or two that he wins that battle, but I, I, I really do think that, you know, Jamar Chase is going to get his numbers because him and Joe Burrow just connect so well that they'll, they'll figure it out. Well, I think in that specific 
you know, it, it's just hard because Jamar Chase is like Tyreek Hill where he catches it at the five yard line and he takes it 90 yards. You know what I mean? So I Definitely, feel like, yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like yeah. Jalen could hold him to two catches all game and he still could break a hundred yards. And that's, that's what makes him so exciting really. But um, yeah, you know, uh, real quick before we move to the Rams side of things, um, I actually think it's interesting because in years past he was primarily a corner, and this year's one of the few years he's been like that. And actually, this year's Jalen Ramsey reminds me way more of college Jalen Ramsey. I just wanted to say that too. Yeah. I don't know if you remember how Florida State used him, but it was you know really versatile. So I love watching Florida State at that time because Jalen Ramsey was just everywhere. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So so. Uh, speaking of obviously Jalen Ramsey and the Rams, um, anybody looking to take, take the start of this one or, um, yeah, yeah, I can, I'll do it. All right. Yeah, for sure. Jump right. I, I think, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, the Rams are, I, I would almost say that they better hope that the game plan is set up for where Matthew Stafford's not gonna, like, I think he's great cause he's, he's aggressive and he takes those shots down the field, but. I think one thing that's kind of hurt the Rams and, and Matt, Matt Stafford is his turnovers, uh, you know, early and midway through the season, you know, some of their losses came off of Matthew Stafford interceptions. So I think, you know, looking to the Super Bowl, you know, the Bengals have a good secondary. I mean, you know, like you said, are they going to be, you know, what, what are they going to be exactly? But I, I mean, I think that that would be the biggest takeaway is they got to really, hone in on hoping that their game plan won't force, you know, unforced errors. Um, and I think, you know, defensively, you know, if the, if the Bengals double team Aaron Donald, you have Von Miller who, you know, I, I would imagine he's going to play more than he ever has in this one game than he has in the season. So I, I would, I would say, you know, can they, can they handle that? Because Aaron Donald, you know, he's always up for defensive player of the year. So he's got that caliber. So, you know, it, it should be interesting to watch. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with what you said. Um, for me, just to add on to the things you said is, um, yeah, Cam Akers looked really good so far in what he has shown since returning. I think he needs to stay involved. Um, and then probably the biggest thing is to – not fall in love with actually the big player the or, or throwing the deep ball. I actually think that if Stafford can stay patient and work the underneath stuff and just move the ball and literally just manage the game, I think that they for sure can win in that scenario. But if he does take the big shots and stuff, especially against those safeties, I could see that being a problem. And then folding over to uh, the defensive side of things is, um, again, I, I agree, too, with the pass rushing stuff. I think that Vaughn's really come on strong lately, so I think that's true. Aaron Donald, obviously, is Aaron Donald, and Leonard Floyd has been doing well. For me, um, the only thing that you really didn't mention that I think is super important, Eric Weddle, if he's going to be the guy out there, he has to be – Eric Weddle of old. He has to be a big time guy because he's not as fast. He's got the smarts, obviously, but against those receivers, it is extremely, extremely important that he be where he needs to be because they're going to get their catches. He has to tackle. I have no doubt that he could do it, but it's one thing to be capable of do it and do it and execute it at a high level. So that's the the one thing for me. And the second biggest thing is 
I don't care who Jalen Ramsey matches up, but truly, I don't think you approach this as Jalen Ramsey 2021 22 or 2020 2021, however, you know, you want to say that. I don't think you want blitzing Jalen Ramsey. You want 2017, 2018, 19, whatever, shut down corner, put him on one side, shut down that side. I don't care if it's Jamar Chase. I don't care if it's T. Higgins. I don't care if it's Tyler Boyd. I think. That is the winning formula. You line him up. You haven't done it all year, so you line him up on that side like you did last year and previous years, and you let him just isolate a side of the field, and you shift coverages away, going going away to make it harder for, for Burrow to make those type of, of plays. That's my opinion. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Eric Whittle because if he wasn't, I was going to because I think hey, I, he was fun to watch when he was uh, – a before he retired, but now that he's come back, it kind of feels like he hasn't missed a step. But uh, the run game, I think, is going to be huge for the Rams because they've got Sony Michelle, Dara Henderson, and uh, Cam Akers. Um, they did put uh, take Henderson off the IR. So that's three studs at running back that's going to give Stafford a lot of support. Yep. Um, and then, but the problem, they don't have a tight end. Higby is going to be out. He has not been taken off the IR. So that kind of sucks, but I mean, Vance Jefferson and then they got Cooper cup. And like you said, I think they're going to get him open no matter what it takes. And you'll, he's going to light some, light some records up probably for Super Bowl. Well, I and, think. and we're not even, we're not even talking about Odo Beckham jr. And you know, he's uh, since he's joined the Rams, I think he's been detriment. I, I think he's helped Cooper cup because now the Rams have another threat. In, in a wide receiver like Odell Beckham Jr., it's almost like he kind of, you know, revived his, himself a little bit with the Rams. Well, and I think kind of the the part that really worked out for them is they got Odell, and they were going to have Robert Woods as well. Robert Woods gets hurt. So really, instead of gaining a piece, they just kind of didn't lose the piece they were going to lose instead. And I think that worked out or that was kind of lucky for them. So – um, that was good, but I think that pretty much wraps us up, honestly. I mean, I think if you wanted to talk like coaching advantage or anything, I mean, we could obviously, but I think I think we've covered most of the stuff we need to cover. And um, are, I mean, are I think our predictions, oh, yeah, 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 no, you know, for sure. That's a good point. Go ahead, I'll let you go first. I, I think it's obviously going to be probably the one of the greatest Super Bowls of recent history, just based off of two different teams, but I, I, I think the Bengals got it. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow and his confidence and, and really the whole team, you know, they've just clicked so well together. I mean, they're not, they don't have a bunch of big name guys, but I, I just, I, I really like the Bengals. You know, maybe it's, you know, I'm an Ohio guy, so I, I'm kind of going that way, but I, I really think the Bengals got this one. I think uh, we also need to look at the coaches, you know, two very young coaches setting the tone for the years to come. I mean, by the time their careers could be over, we could be looking at like Belichick level coaches. Uh, what do y'all think? No, uh, absolutely. It's, it's definitely possible. I mean, really, if you consider McVay's already in his second Super Bowl in like what, five years or something or, or six years as being a coach, it's definitely impressive. Yeah. I mean, uh, like if, if I'm correct on that two out of sixes, that's a, that's a great percentage. So um, it's definitely possible. I mean, Belichick to uh, I, me is like potentially like the goat as far as coaching. So I mean, as yeah, that's as far why I brought that, it up. It's as far as that, it's tough. 
but for sure I could, I could a hundred percent see, you know, Lombardi or, or, you know, one of those other legendary coaches, maybe they didn't win quite as many Super Bowls, but had tons of success. I mean, think of John Madden only won one Super Bowl, but it had like the 10 years of, you know, winning, winning years. And I think we could see definitely stuff like that as well, where we just consistently see excellence. Um, but uh, well, I think I think it's important to say that I've I've been hearing rumors of if Sean McVay and the Rams win the Super Bowl, Sean McVay could retire, and this would be you know the the last stint he has is if he wins he's done is what I've been hearing. Yeah, and he um, would try to go to the to the broadcast booth. So we might not get a bunch of Sean McVay, but if if they lose, I'm. And it makes me wonder, you know, how, how much longer he would be a coach, but yeah, I've, so, I've heard that recently. You know? So I, I like that you brought that up. I did actually see that. Um, wow. The, the only part of that that I will differ on with you is what I read was not that what I read was slightly different. It was that because I, I believe he just got married last year. And so yeah, basically yeah. what they said was that when they asked him, he had said something because they're like, oh, you're going to coach till you're 70 or so. They said something like that. And he was like, no, definitely not. And then he kind of, you know, laughed it off. And then he goes, no, but seriously, he's like, I definitely have priorities in my life. I want to create, you know, start a family. I just had, you know, just got married. I definitely want to be able to spend time with my family and all that. And, um, you know, they were kind of like, oh, sir, are you going to retire? Are you, you think about being done? And I think his response was basically, we'll see. I just want to make sure that I have work and life balance. So right. to me, like Sean Payton, right? So Sean Payton's taking a year off for the saints this year. I think we could see something more like that. I don't think he's going to retire, but I, I definitely could see him taking some time off at some point or, you know, retiring and then coming back very soon after, because I don't, I, I mean, I, he's a young, young guy, but I don't think at all that he's done, done or wants to be done. But I mean, I can understand at his age, you know, if his wife's really wanting kids or, you know, those type of things, I could understand him making those priorities. I mean, at the end of the day, the game is the game, but you're, you know, the family and the family you leave is, is kind of forever type of deal. You know, the, you know, stories, yeah. pictures, all that stuff can get passed on for, you know, the next hundred years where, you know, football, I mean, it, in a hundred years, it might not even exist. Two hand tap then, you know, <laughs> so right. um Anything you wanted to add on to that, Josh, before we tackle the rest of our predictions? Uh, not that, but the sport, uh, Caesar Sportsbook has the Rams at a 65% win. And <clears throat> don't forget, we are playing at the Rams home field. But I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, I seen a thing where they had like their Super Bowl pep rally and the Bengals, I think they had it at their stadium, was completely full. And then it showed the Rams and it looked like a spring training practice out there with the fans <laughs> that they had attend. <laughs> so, you know, what's funny about that actually is uh, I, I seen on Twitter where they were making a big deal about apparently 31% of the ticket sales are from California and only mm. 9% are coming from Ohio on like Ticketmaster or whatever. And I think like, that is a huge difference and a huge discrepancy, but like, what's to say? Cause everybody's like, Oh, the 31%, like those are obviously Rams fans. It's like, well, yeah, they're, they're, they're buying out of California, but like, it doesn't mean for sure that they're Rams fans. You got all those celebrities and stuff. that yeah. just want to go to the Super Bowl. which yeah. now I know they'll probably get the more expensive end of it, but some might not. I mean, you're, <clears throat> I don't know. I, don't, well, I think plus, a lot of them won't be. Well, well, and plus, like the the nine percent out of Ohio and the thirty one percent out of Cali, like you're not talking about 
where these other places are buying and maybe everywhere else that's buying is actually a Bengals fan. Like we're not, you know, the yeah. 31% could be all of the only Rams fans that show up. Like you don't know. I mean, so I, th- I thought that was a little off, but I do think it's, it's going to be interesting to pay attention to. Um, but as far as the predictions, I, I really see, I'm so torn because I'd really thought about putting money down on this game and I really want to make my pick, but I've been saying that I have to make my pick the way that I've been making it because if I do that, the team that I want to win will win. So with that being said, I'm going to say Rams 34 Bengals 31, but, uh, you know, obviously I might put a little put a little change on the Bengals, you know what I'm saying? Wink, wink. Uh, you know, being a little, being a little, uh, sports mojo, if you will. I mean, I know some people, you know, don't wash their socks or other crazy things. I'm not that crazy, but yeah, this is, this has worked out so far where every single week I've, I've picked against them. So we, we will continue that trend and hope for the best. Um, Josh, you are the last one. So Kyle picked the uh, Bengals. I picked the Rams. So the Simpsons had a show, that had the Cincinnati Bengals, or I said, I think it was the Bengals in LA. And they had the Bengals winning 34 to 31. I'm not going to go with that score, but since they picked the Bengals, so am I. I'm picking the Bengals 28 21. Nice. All right. Well, B- Simpsons don't lie either. So, right. Bengals right. That, well, that's enjoy said, Cincinnati. I, enjoy. Right. Well, that's what I said too. Like, I'm picking the Rams, but every time that I've picked against the Bengals, they've won some. I'm, you know, hoping the Bengals win and, and I yeah. specifically picked the 34 31 because that was the Simpsons score so just you know but yeah <laughs> you know uh, you said that and I was like wait a minute I've also that heard that with Photoshop though <laughs> yeah it, it might be who knows I don't watch the yeah Simpsons, who so. knows I don't but, watch the Simpsons either uh so without you know any more weight the great one calls uh Brady right so Brady retires mm-hmm. um so there's going to be, obviously, you can think about certain things. You can talk about certain things. Uh, whoever wants to go first can go first. I know for me, I'm going to want to talk about GOAT status uh, and Belichick Brady and probably, um, I, don't, I, I don't know, those two for sure. So, so know, I want to talk about who's going to take over for the Buccaneers. I Do they stick with Kyle Trask, who they drafted last year and has been working behind Brady for a good year? And that's a pretty good person to work behind, which Kyle Trask, to me, I, I remember watching him in Florida. He was very good. <clears throat> I know he handled Kentucky's ass a lot of times, but I think he's a very good quarterback. I thought he's highly talented, highly touted coming out of the draft. Um, no, he didn't go very high, but I still think he had the talent to be something, you know, after a little bit of work, do they stick with him or do they go after somebody like Garoppolo, who has been rumored many times to be traded out of the 49ers? I think they go with the, you know, signing Garoppolo way, but I don't know. Do you guys, what do you think? Um, I think that's a good point about Garoppolo because, I mean, Garoppolo had a press conference where he basically said, I expect to be traded. And I expect to have my say in where I go. So, you know, Tampa Bay, you know, they were on the losing side a lot of the times with, with you know, Jameis Winston and whoever else they had at quarterback. And then they got Tom Brady and they won a Super Bowl that year. So I, they still seem to me like a team that is just really – they need a good quarterback and they'll probably at least be in Super Bowl contending type 
team. So I do, I do like the Garoppolo, but you know, Kyle Trask was a second round draft pick. So that could easily be the way they go also. Yeah. Well, so I, I think they will go the Trask way. I don't, don't, you know, wouldn't be shocked at all if they signed a veteran to back him up, but I do think they go the Trask way. And I think basically the guy who's like you said, he's talented, you know, he's, he's, got the got the ability got the the mental i think to be able to be decent at least and then you add that with being able to you know sit behind uh you know arguably probably a top three as far as uh film watcher uh film dissector being able to read the defense all those type of things and i I definitely think at 40 something years old that Brady was definitely not going, Oh yeah. Fuck you, buddy. Like, I'm not going to help you. Like no. he was probably like, yeah, like, let me show you this. Let me show you that. What do you want to know? Like, I'm sure he, you know, Brady doesn't seem at all like, it, like despite, you know, not liking him on the field, the Brady is a person like on social media and other things. He's great. His commercials yeah. and stuff. He's great. Like I really enjoy him as a person on his, on his, uh, he has a commercial with Charles Woodson uh you know doing his kind of little 30 for 30 or like man in the arena or whatever and that is like some of the funniest thing because you know he's got the ball and he's like explaining to him like when it's a fumble when it's not and he's like oh yeah that would be a fumble and and charles is like oh got him <laughs> roll that clip back you know and it's just it's just it's playful banter and it's fun and i i just don't think you see like you see psycho tom a lot that's it's nice to actually see the other side so i've really enjoyed that so um like I said, I'm sure he he was pretty open to Kyle and was was willing to teach him tricks of the trade uh, as much as possible. And um, I think with the weapons they have there, without having Brady, I don't know what their cap situation is like, but if it's decent and they're able to, like, say, re-sign Godwin or something, they'd be for sure good. I they think just they have franchise a lot of, tag Godwin. Well, they did last year, so the only problem with that is if they do it again, I think it's, like, it's just extremely expensive. That's the only problem. So Right, yeah. Um. But so, you know, my thought, I guess, is, I guess, do you guys consider Tom Brady the great? Like, if you had a draft right now, right, and you knew what you knew, and you were going to start your franchise today, are you taking Brady number one overall? Absolutely. Number one overall? Yeah, like out of every player ever that's ever played the game, like you could pick your coach or whatever too, right? But so, so. You know, it, it begs a, a big situation, right? Because there's obviously the Brady, you know, Brady and Belichick thing. It's like first overall pick, do you take Dan Marino, who's arguably maybe one of the most talented quarterbacks ever, and pair him with Belichick? Does he win, you know, multiple rings? Do you take Aaron Rodgers, another guy who's like, you know, possibly the greatest arm talent we've ever, ever seen, and put him with Belichick or, or another great coach? Like, does he win multiple? Like, that's the real, for me, that's the real question. Like, Brady to me, is not the greatest player like goat for me is jerry rice personally and i don't go i don't do goat by position i do goat like to me goat is greatest ever it's the greatest ever to touch the to football basketball whatever like that's why michael jordan like you don't say goat and like well yeah michael's the greatest shooting guard no when you say goat you just say michael like for, you right. know for a lot of people maybe not me but like for a lot of people when they say goat they say michael they don't go oh the greatest shooting guard so like no. goat to me is not tom brady Tom Brady is the most well, accomplished, most achieved quarterback ever in a team sport. The GOAT 
is Jerry Rice played a position that took a lot more hits, took a lot more damage, played with the same longevity that Tom did, set records that will probably never be touched. Like the records Tom has, Patrick Mahomes will probably break. The records Jerry has may never get touched, may never get touched. And Jerry had four rings. Tom did too, but then it's, it's always the conversation of like, yeah, Tom has more rings, but Tom also has losses. It's that's the whole the Jordan thing. Oh, well, he's undefeated though. <clears throat> so, you know, I have a lot of that. Um, but yeah, going back, I think I would not take him number one overall. I think he's the most accomplished quarterback ever and will probably be potentially ever. But to me, he's not the greatest. I actually like as a position, I don't know. I've always been a bigger Peyton Manning fan. Yeah. I like the I, way I, he, I like the way he reads the field more, and I know he, he audibles and changes all of that. And I thought that was really cool growing up. But just the, that he knows and he's right. repositioning his players, saying "Get here." I don't know. I just respected that more than any other quarterback that I've watched. I, I think with like Tom Brady, what gets me the most is when you you know look over his career. He's almost had like three stages of his career. Yeah, and in each each point of of his career he's just been in a proven winner and I think you can say maybe he hasn't he doesn't have the best arm talent but he I think in sports in general you want the guy who's going to win and Tom Brady is a winner and I think based off of that I would I would draft him first overall in a in and start my franchise with somebody who is going to be proven to win at any moment, I mean, we can go back to the Super Bowl against the Falcons. I mean, they were out of it. They, and, right. and, you know, it was just this grind and fight to climb back into it. And, you know, obviously Tom Brady's the, the lead guy at quarterback. And I think, you know, that to me, those are just moments that I think, you know, <laughs> as a Browns fan, I, I, I'd love somebody like, you know, Tom Brady or, or a guy with that type of attitude and grind to the game. So. I think that's where it, he's not my favorite player. I, I would agree with, with Josh. I think I like Peyton Manning more. Um, but, you know, I, I have all the respect for Tom Brady, and I think he is the greatest of all time. Yeah, for uh, sure. Most, most rings. Most rings, I know, like, obviously, you, you know, I was a big hater of him, and I think that's what, you know, I've come to the real, realization of, like, man, like, I hated him all that time, but when you really look at every his whole body of work, I mean, he is the go. Yeah, no, I think, I think and not even. I mean, even in this last season, he had Chris Godwin go out. You know, that's that's that was a big key player for him. I know Mike Evans was obviously he's probably his number one guy, but you know, Chris uh, Chris Godwin went out, and you know, Antonio Brown had his you know episode. So I think with the hand he was dealt, he still had like I think I think he did have his most passing yards in a season, and and so that that in itself, I mean, he's what, like forty four years old, like right. That's crazy because he's not throwing the ball short. Like I'm pretty sure he led the league in like deep passes, like or he was top five. So it's not like he's throwing it short and letting the guys do the work for him. Like he was he was throwing the ball. So yeah. It's well, just hard so, for me to. So kind, you know, kind of just 
moving along, I think you made some really great points, and I do think it's cool because I, I actually have seen the thing where it's like if you break down Brady's career seven years at a time, you could make a Hall of Fame argument for all three, right. which is crazy. Right. Um, but, yeah, so I, th- I think we all had good good points, and I think that's that's very valid. Um, kind of moving on just because I want to want to make sure we get this in as well uh, is touching on the end-of-the-year stuff. So um, – the offensive player of the year was Cooper Cup. Defensive player of the year, T.J. Watt. Uh, MVP, Aaron Rodgers. And the comeback player of the year was Joe Burrow. Uh, any problems with any of those? Any issues? Any arguments against those? My argument, uh, MVP. I I didn't think Aaron Rodgers should have got it. And obviously, I think you can tell I'm going to say Tom Brady should have got MVP. Um, yeah. So I thought he was most valuable to his team, which I think is the whole objective of the award. And and I think without Tom Brady, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were would have not been in their position that so they were in. So I'll, I'll tell you now, we got about five minutes to run through this. So so I'll go. We can go back and forth if you want. Right. So I think that. While you're right, that I think about the same of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Jordan Love lost when they, when they played. Aaron Rodgers won significantly more games. Jordan Love in a lot of those positions against the Cardinals, he would have lost. Against the Bengals, he would have lost. I mean, I, I could go down the list. He lost um, against the Lions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so like, yeah. I'm just I'm just saying, like, the Lions were considered basically the worst team or one of the top, top three worst teams in the league, and Jordan Love lost to them as well. So it's like, you know, I think – those guys are in the same boat as far as valuable to their actual team. I think what we need to talk about is stats. And I think, you know, if you need to take a second to pull up the stats, I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, if not, I could definitely rattle off just one that I think is like super impressive for me. And it's kind of what I'm going to make my whole argument about, which is so for every major stat category, completion percentage, yards per attempt, touchdown percentage, interception percentage, TD to interse- interception ratio, passer rating, literally every category, Rodgers threw less passes and did more in every way with less, right? So like we talk about, oh yeah, well, Brady lost Godwin. Well, Brady lost Godwin really late in the season. Oh, well, Brady lost Antonio Brown. Yeah, like in like week 12. It was still late in the season. Aaron Rodgers has Devontae Adams. Yes, probably the best receiver in the league. But Alan Lazard is not a top 25 receiver. He's not a top 50 receiver, probably. MVS, who was injured for a lot of the season, not a top 50 receiver. Robert Tunyon, who got hurt in, like, I don't know, week 12 or something as well. So that in that regard, that's the same. But, like, he goes down. His backup is a 38-year-old tight end and a 22-year-old guy who broke his leg last year and didn't play. You know, so these are these are all nobodies. And people go, well, oh, yeah, the running backs. Yeah, he had a better running game, but, like, Tom Brady's running game was not bad. Let's not let's not act like Leonard Fournette was not a beast for most of the year. He did, let's mm-hmm. not act like he didn't do really well. So Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown – for the time that they were together is easily, and it's not even close, easily better than Devontae Adams as, as a group. Right. And so like, even, even Mike Evans alone as a solo shot is at least at minimum a top 10 receiver and his backup 
would be that of equal basically to the to the what the Packers had. So it's like there's no real step down in that. And like as far as the categories, like I was saying, so Rogers 68.9 in completion, Brady 67.5. Again, Brady threw more passes too. Uh Rogers 7.75 yards per attempt, Brady 7.39, Rogers seven touchdown to seven touchdown percentage so for his throws per per throw and Brady six but the biggest one that I always circle which is why it matters 0.8 interception percentage to 1.7 for Brady making his ratio 9.25 touchdowns for every one interception thrown Brady's was every three and a half interceptions he or every three and a half touchdowns he threw an interception that to me is why he won MVP Nine to three. I mean, it's not even comparable. I mean, Rodgers, which I'll let you can finish us up after this, but Rodgers still doesn't have 100 interceptions in his career. He's played for 17 years. That's fucking nuts. That is mm-hmm. fucking nuts. <clears throat> no, I'm, I'm right. perfectly fine with Rodgers winning it. I'd actually give it to Joe Burrow if not Rodgers, personally. He's playing for the Super Bowl. Right. Well, I, when are we going to have a wide receiver win MVP? I mean, look at Cooper Cup. I mean, he had the like arguably one of the greatest years of a wide receiver ever. Yeah. Like how is how is that not being and now he did yeah. win offensive rookie uh, he did win offensive player of the year. So it's not like he wasn't recognized. But I, I, I yeah. feel like at some point man like well, I feel like I you almost got to. I feel like at this point you almost got to change the MVP because QBs win it so often. It's kind of like the whole Heisman thing. Like QBs win mm-hmm. it so frequently, it needs to stop being the Heisman and be the best quarterback award. So the the right. best quarterback can get an award. The best offensive player can get an award. So instead of offensive player of the year, it should be offensive MVP and defensive MVP because that's what they are, right? right. So that's that's absolutely. what it really should be. And I I absolutely think in that regard, like Cooper Cup was. If, if, if they didn't take a quarterback, Cooper Cup, to me, is the obvious choice for MVP. I mean, he had – the same thing for T.J. Watt. Like, I, I, I really don't get the argument that it's like, oh, T.J. Watt, he didn't deserve the defensive player of the year and stuff because he had more games to break the record. He, he was hurt, so he played in less games. And if you actually watched the record-breaking Michael Strahan sack, Favre rolls out right into him and falls down and Strahan taps him. So right. it's just, to me, it's nonsense, but do you have uh, any last, any last words, guys, any last opinions we want to get out there? Well, I thought you could, uh, you know, I love Joe Burrow as, as the comeback player of the year, but uh, Nick Bosa tore his knee out the last year and he came back and he had 15 sacks and a bunch of tackle for losses. So you could, or did I say Joey? No, but Nick, Nick Bosa. Yeah. I thought could have easily won comeback player of the year, but yeah. it's not as good of a story because he doesn't play quarterback. Right. No, I definitely agree with you. Uh, it's possible, but they're always going to lean. I feel like to the offensive guy, but uh, as always, thanks for listening and you can find us on Apple or on Spotify. Mm-hmm.